If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. again and welcome to yet another edition of in-game live right here on sports grid dane martinez and jared smith giving you the edge you need in these shelter in times trying to make your own little stimulus package for <laughs> how's it going so far today jared it's going okay you know we've gotten to the point now where we're kind of over two weeks into this and you know yeah. this is the you know we're, we're we're kind of getting used to this new normal I'm getting into a nice little routine. We're starting to figure out the kind of shows that we're going to be putting on every day, and we're starting to get back into a semblance of normalcy with how we deliver content to you guys on an everyday basis. And it's nice, Dan, because we've had a chance to really talk a lot of things out over the last couple of weeks, and it looks like we're going to have a lot more time to do that because some of the things we're hearing, and we'll get to it during the show, some of the things we're hearing about when some of these leagues are going to come back and what it's going to look like when it does come back, it's going to be a very new normal in the sports world. This is not going to be just a one-month thing and done. This is going to stretch out into the summer, and I think it will even stretch out into the fall, too, in terms of the overarching impact on the economy, the way we go to games, and all of those things. Uh, it, it's going to be a new normal in the sports world for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've done a lot of shows together, Jared, and we've kind of dissected things, trying to give people the edge. You know how I always say, we're not just giving you a fish. We are teaching you how to fish this way when you're in there, you know, staying at home for as long as it is, depending on what it is, you'll still be able to try to make a little bit of extra cash for yourself. Jared, one of the things we've been talking about, you know, is not only the immediate impact, but the longer term impact, whether that be on health, whether that be financial whether that be psychologically, right? And we're starting to see all these other future implications. Like, for example, we were just talking on air and you were getting word that, you know, colleges, we're talking about the NCAA canceling spring sports. And at first we talked about March Madness and the tournament. We even talked about, say, the economic impact on a city like Omaha, Nebraska, which hosted the NCAA College World Series for baseball. But you're saying even into next year and next semester, you know, think about, like, onboarding new freshmen think about admissions right like if you're a worried parents right now you letting your 18 or 19 year old go to a dorm room no and and you know we've had a lot of time and like we like to think about things more from an analytical you know and i like to think of them from a financial perspective right the the trickle down of this situation happening 
is going to be felt in places where you might not think of, you know, the average, you know, epidemic affecting. I mean, it affects everything. But what I'm talking about is think about the the, the amount of, of admissions that are happening right now that are going to get rescinded, the amount of applications that get accepted to universities, but people are not going to want to go. There are going to be a lot of homeschooling. I think these schools overall are going to have to change the fundamental way that they that, that they educate their students. Uh, the NCAA, the numbers are even saying that. They were expected to, to, to shell out a $600 million loan. That is usually what gets split up amongst the member institutions. They're only going to be able to give out about $200 million of that. So all of the schools, every single school in the country is going to feel the, the squeeze from this. And it's going to affect how much money they can give to their athletic programs. Some what? of the smaller sports, the budgets of those smaller sports, the Olympic sports, the volleyballs, the baseballs, the softballs, the rowings, the fencings. The, you know, all, it, it's going to affect the entire collegiate ecosystem when it comes to the way athletics is governed and financed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're seeing this all over the place. You know, it's interesting you bring up those kind of other sports, right, Jared? When we talk about Title IX, we talk about, oh, how it affects big-time sports and smaller sports, right? We talk about the cancellations of all the spring seasons and how everyone wants to go to March Madness. But think about that great fourth-year uh, senior that had their homecoming day canceled and now is not going to be able to, you know, finish the job and win a national championship in volleyball for example, right? And so we think about these things. What it also made me think of, Jared, here on, you know, In Game Live and on Sports Grid, it made me wax poetic a little bit about last year's college football season. You know, we've been talking about the draft, Jared, and kind of some of these big name players. It made me think about the ups and downs of last year's football season, you know, and I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, are you a 14 playoff, 18 playoff, 16-team playoff kind of guy because we almost had the perfect storm this year in college football with on a number of levels, right? Pitting conferences against others, having these mid-majors still trying to kind of crack in. You know, we almost had the perfect storm when it came to the playoff committee. What do you think in general, before we dive on in, what do you think is the future of college football as for the college football playoff? So, I have been asked this question before as someone who, uh, you know, obviously is very, very strongly invested in college athletics. I want to see it be as fair as possible. Okay. And, you know, not not everything in life is fair. If there was eight teams, the ninth team would feel that they were that they were undervalued and that they should be in. We see the same thing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, on the basketball side, you know, now that it's 68 teams, this team 69 and 70 are like, well, we should have gotten it. So it, it doesn't matter how far down on the ladder you put it, there will always be teams that feel it is unfair. Four, I think, is 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 okay. I'm not a. I don't hate four. I like it better than the BCS. I think a natural progression. I think eight might be too much. I think six could be a, a good, nice, nice, uh, you know, experimental step. And the way you can do six is one and two are going to get a bye, and three would play six at home, home sites. Four would play five at home the week after the Big Ten, you know, the conference championship games. Like Thanksgiving weekend, after Thanksgiving weekend. Exactly. And then you have your final four, and then you just continue your, your final four system that you have in place now. So you're adding a 13th game to two teams or two sites, two locations, and four teams. I think that is a good compromise where the people that want to see eight, I think it, it, it'd be hard to get there right now based on the current format. But six, because you're just adding the two games and you're still continuing the system of four as as constructed currently, I think that's a reasonable compromise. I would, I'd like to see six. I think six would be a good uh, a middle ground there number. And you'd have two more teams that would get in, which would open up a lot more doors. Yeah, interesting. And we would, we're going to talk in a little bit about some of the teams that would have gotten in with six last year, if not, uh, you know, if that was actually the format. I got to tell you the truth, Jared. I'm an extremist on this. <laughs> uh, I'm dead serious. I'm dead. What do you want? 32? I want 16. I want 16. 16. And okay. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Remember when we put on our commissioner's hat yeah. early on in the week? Let me tell you something, okay? And I think it could be done. Division two, Division three, they play throughout finals. They play all in December. I think you can have three or four weekends of an actual tournament. And I'm going back to the fundamental, my vision, the values of why. 
Like in college basketball, I truly believe that if you go undefeated, you should have a chance and ultimately be able to win a championship, okay? If you were, you know, San Diego State this year or Dayton or whatever, you deserve the chance to get in. There are 11, Jared, uh, conferences, major conferences in D1. I believe every single conference champion should get a shot. Now, would it mean that there someone is going to be ranked 15 and they're going to have to go to Clemson the weekend after Thanksgiving? Yes, it does, but I don't care. Why, you know, last week, we would have been treated to the first weekend of March Madness. And you know, Jared, what winds up happening in the first weekend of March Madness is if a 13 seed so much as has a bucket lead on somebody in the second half, what that building turns into, <laughs> what everybody does, right? And I think everybody from Central Florida to Toledo should have that opportunity, okay? Now, will they get crushed? Yes, but as the 14, 15, 16 seed, you should get crushed. And, and as it happens with March Madness, the first weekend is about Cinderella. Then the cream rises to the top. So I would actually go further. I'd go to the 11 conference champions, and then, you know, you're independent, so Notre Dame could get in there or what have you, the service academies, what have you. And then three to four at-large teams, you build that bracket. And here's what I would do. In the same way, Jared, that right now the college football playoff, like, rotates if it's the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl, the big ones, you could do the same thing with, you know, the round of eight and the round of 16. You know, don't, you're telling me that, you know, Clemson versus Toledo uh, in the first week of December, they, the, the, you know, the Outback Bowl wouldn't love the branding for that to be it. And then as we move along and along, I know it is extreme, but it is based on the fundamental premise that if you go in college athletics and you are without a loss, you should get a chance at least against the big boys to see where you stack up. I don't believe the like, oh, it's finals time in December because Division Two, II, Division Three, the subdivision, they go through it. I think Division One can in fact do it. And uh, I think everybody should get at least a bite at the apple. I'd love to see a chance with Cinderella. So here we go. So 16, Yeah. you're proposing one versus 16, two versus 15, right? Correct. Okay, so in the final college football playoff rankings, that this year would have been. However, though, it, I'm talking about the baby conferences would have had automatic bids. But okay. I'm talking about the matchups, though. So, like, yeah, that's true. I guess I guess it would. But, like, let's just for the sake of argument look at some of the matchups that would have been this year. It's really looking at, like, five, six, and seven who would get those at-large bids. And then, like, literally, you know, Appalachian State or whoever those teams were, they wow. would be, like, you're 15, you're 14. But go ahead. Let's play it it would be fun. So so let's say that Iowa got the 16. You know what? No, but let's go with how about we go with Memphis? Because right. Memphis did win that. Memphis did win that that American conference. Yeah. So how about a Memphis LSU matchup? That's what it would be. That's what it would be. Absolutely. And then you would have Ohio State take on a team like Boise State. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Jared. And that game would be branded, you know, the Belk Bowl. OK, that game would, in fact, be the Belk Bowl or the TaxSlayer.com Bowl or whatever the hell the sponsorship rotation would be. And if you're going to be like, oh, my goodness, they'd have no chance. You're probably right. And sure. Northampton would have a chance or Gulf Coast would have a chance or, you know, the Terriers of UMBC or whatever it was would have a chance. And but those they do deserve the opportunity to give it a shot and get the exposure, the recruitment that goes with that opportunity. But what I'm talking about is, let's say you did that. Can you then imagine some of, let's like the way you were about to go, some of what those second round games would be like? Some of what those round of eight or other semifinal games would be like? I have an idea. I have an idea. So what? we're going to do this uh, next weekend. We play uh, all the time on in-game. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is, th we just created a new game. Do your research. So, wait, wait, no, no, no. We're, exactly. We Next weekend, we are going to present to you a Sweet 16 bracket from last season. What it would have been. And what it would have been, and we're going to pick the games. And oh. and we'll, we'll put a nice little graphic together, and we'll put it on the screen for you. Right. And and it, we're going to do a college football playoff Sweet 16. Under my platform. Under Yeah, okay. under that platform. platform. So we'll take, we'll take the conference yep. winners and, and all the conferences – 
and then we'll use the final rankings to rate them, and they'll be slotted in 16 through whatever, and then we'll have as many at-larges and based on their rankings, and we'll have a field of 16. Exactly. These are the teams that are playing their bowl game in the Bahamas anyway on December 15th, right? So they're going to get their first round matchup, albeit, you know, they'd have to go to Ohio State and get thumped, but whatever. You know, in the same way that these small mid-major schools get a chance at their at the dance in March Madness. And I just think uh, that's the way I would go because, listen, if you're winning out, you should get a chance. But I digress, Jared. In your platform of six, right, a team that would have been in it is a team that's always in it but happened to not be this year. I'm talking about Roll Tide Alabama. Nick Saban, you know, they actually did not make the cut. And a lot of people thought, oh, we're going to still try and get those SEC teams in. But, you know, they had an up-and-down season. We know kind of how the world feels about Nick Saban, what happened with Tua. And in that conference, the SEC, do you remember, Jared, last year, the Iron Bowl? You talk about Thanksgiving weekend, right? That's when the rivalry weeks happened, right before conference championship. And what a game they had against Auburn last year. Not the loss to LSU, but, you know, the very, very end of the game, both teams scoring in the 40s, the over was the right play that Saturday, right? That was a fun game. So Ariel and I did uh, the morning after, and, and we were talking about this. We were sharing our story because it was November, so we were, you know, a couple months into working at Sports Grade. We both started during football season, and that was the first time that we actually, like, watched a game together at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, and we both, uh, she bet more on that game than she said she's ever bet on a game in her life. We're turning her into a, a you know, a, a, a gambler, slowly but surely. Uh, she's joining us on the dark side. She's pretty much fully entrenched now. Uh, but at that point, she was still kind of dipping her toe in just a month or two in. Um, and I got her to really shove hard on, on Auburn with me. I put a lot of money on Auburn that day. Uh, and we watched the game at the bar at the Vandal Sportsbook, and people were going crazy. There was an Alabama fan sitting next to us who was, like, devastated. And one of the best, one of the most exciting games of the season, a classic Iron Bowl. We've had a few classics in the past. Yeah. And it, I, I do think it kind of signaled a bit of a changing of the guard in the SEC. I think Alabama's reign as that undisputed leader is kind of over in a sense. I'm not saying they're not going to be good again next year. They've got all the talent and, and they've got a great coach. But Auburn's right there. LSU is clearly right there. I think Texas A&M's, their recruiting class, continue to be good. I think we're going to see Alabama fall, continue to sink back to the pack where undefeated seasons for them are, I think, a thing of the past. You know, it's interesting is we see a, you know, decades-long dynasty in New England with Bill Belichick, you know, kind of maybe reaching the fall of Rome, the end of it right now as Tom Brady moves away. I think you're onto something in terms of the SEC, in terms of the scope of the entire nation. Alabama has been that school with Nick Saban for, what, the better part of a decade, if not longer, Jared. And, you know, the gears may be turning on that as well. You talk about LSU. I mean, Florida had a little bit of a bounce back here last year in the SEC, and the SEC has always been a gauntlet, so we shall see. I'll tell you what, though. All right, when you talk about last year's Iron Bowl that was like, you know, a missed field goal at the very end, 48-45, someone that was not there for Alabama on that day is someone who will not be there for Alabama in the next college football season whenever that kicks off, and that is Tua Tagovailoa. We have talked about Tua a ton Jared, we've talked about, you know, will he be in the first two? How many quarterbacks will go in the first round? What is the impact on Tua because he can't take physicals, because he can't take a pro day? All he's doing right now is releasing Instagram videos, and I have no idea if he even completed that pass. What we're going to do on the other side of the break here on In Game Live is look at the, some of the specials FanDuel is releasing for the 2020 draft, and the hottest one is what team will ultimately wind up with Tua. Teams have been tanking for Tua for years. Well, the time has come. Who is actually going to land him? Jared and I dig into that a little bit on the other side of the break. It's in-game live. If you want that edge, get on the grid.
dailyroto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back here to In Game Live on SportsGrid. This is Dane Martinez and Jared Smith. You know, waxing poetic about last year's college football season because, you know, Right now, we're hearing things. The spring is getting canceled. The summer is getting canceled. Jared, not only have the Olympics been canceled, but we got word recently that uh, the U.S. Open here at Wingfoot, which was supposed to happen here in New York, they have stopped preparing as though that is going to happen. And that was supposed to take place here in the middle of July. All right, so we are starting to get postponements, cancellations all the way already into the summer. And I know that's getting some people to wonder what will college football in the fall look like and what will college look like moving forward? University of Phoenix and their distance learning may be the way to go moving forward, huh, Jared? Yeah, and, and again, I, I don't you know, want to you know, be gloom and doom about, about certain things, but what this is causing me to do, you know, seeing the headlines, seeing the impact that it's having on the economy, is sports in the economy and college in the economy are, are simpatico. Yeah. Uh, when people are spending money and the economy's humming along, people want to go to sporting events. These games are packed. People are willing to have that disposable income and use it, you know, to drop $5,000 to go to the World Series or whatever it is, or to go to a, you know, a college football playoff game or the Rose Bowl or something like that. All of these things have an impact, and I could see this really affecting especially the lower-ranked fall sports, the field yeah. hockeys, the lacrosses, the ball. You know, to yeah. me, that is where I think the impact is going to be the most. I think football will still be 
played, but I don't know if the stadiums are going to have fans uh, this fall. I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question, and I don't think we're going to know uh, for months down the, down the line. Yeah, I think you're right, Jared. You know, I guess it's the same theory. You know, Starbucks will reopen, right? But will the mom-and-pop coffee store down the block be able to sustain a month or two months of not being able to be in business? It's a very interesting question. You know, your chain restaurants and bars, sure. But what about that one that literally depends on that local business to keep their doors open? I think it is a, um, you know, the, the impact of all of this is coming into focus. And all the more reason, we're gonna try and give you the information you need to win a little bit of extra cash during these times where we're staying at home. Jared, when we were talking in the last segment, we were talking about Alabama and ultimately Tua. And Tua has to be the hottest name on people's you know mouths as we go into the draft. You know, This is a guy who teams have literally been tanking for, for one, sometimes multiple years, but then he went down with the hip injury, right, in the middle of the Alabama season. And doctors, we don't know. All we know is a 10-second Instagram video about Tua and his rehab and his health. And this has been, what, five months ago. So first of all, Jared, put on the GM hat again. If you are a GM who is one of these teams that are quarterback needy, are you going to... Are you going to be more apt to take the risk on Tua with incomplete information? Or are you going to be more inspired to, you know, not deal with it as much and look elsewhere at the quarterback position? So from everything that I'm hearing, that I'm reading, that I'm seeing trends in the marketplace, everyone yeah. is is okay with Tua's health. And he checks out in all the meeting rooms, and he's run a pro-style offense at Alabama and has been playing at elite level uh, for multiple seasons. So, yes, the physicals are going to be a question. I'm sure that's the first question on every team's list when they talk to him, when they interview him, when they talk to his agent, when they talk to his doctors, when they take, when they have their independent doctors look uh, at his results. But that being said, I don't think it's going to hurt his draft status at all. I, I think teams know what they're getting with him. And to be frank, I, I think there's going to be a team that pushes up in the draft to draft him. Right. And I think what I'm seeing in the odds, and, and we talked about it with, with uh, Ariel today on the morning show, uh, you know, just about what we're going to see with other quarterbacks, how their odds look, and how we can correlate that to where we think two of will stack up. And there's an interesting discrepancy with Justin Herbert's odds in terms of which team people think he's going to go to, where he's favored to go to the Dolphins, even though the Dolphins are the, are, are the second team to pick. That means that the Chargers most likely are pushing, the odds makers believe, the Chargers are pushing to make a trade and be that second team that drafts to try to grab Tua. And there's also a chance that the Redskins or Lions maybe take Tua. We've discussed this before. Uh, Ron Rivera's not tied to Dwayne Haskins in any way. I could see the Redskins saying, hey, we want to take Tua. Same thing with the Lions, with Matthew Stafford at the end of, you know, kind of approaching the end of his career. So I don't think it's a lock that Tua goes at five to the Dolphins. I, I think the Chargers or one of those other teams between two and four could theoretically make a push for him. Yeah, you know, that is interesting. Right now, as we turn our attention to that market right there. Our friends over at FanDuel have posted odds, which is the team that will draft to attack Valoa, right? And so here's the thing. The favorites are the Miami Dolphins at minus 150. They pick fifth overall for now in the draft, right? And, and, and you know, I guess that's kind of the obvious choice. Down in Florida, they have hashtag tanked for Tua. You know, they were trying to connect those dots for a while, but I think you bring up an interesting case outside of Miami. All right, first of all, with Washington, which ironically is the third choice. You know, if you had told me a year or two ago that they may not be locked into their quarterback, I would have said you're crazy. They used a first round pick on a quarterback just last year. But the Arizona Cardinals taught us this, right? The Arizona Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen in the top 10, and then the very following year, with a new head coach, they decided when they were at the top of a draft, hey, 
this isn't necessarily my guy. I got to have my own reputation on the line. I'm going to go and get my guy. And what Arizona did was traded Josh Rosen away and took Kyler Murray number one overall. I say that to set the context for what you mentioned in the Washington football team, right? They draft Dwayne Haskins last year in the middle of the first round. And by all intents and purposes, he's going to be the future of that franchise, right? Not so fast, as our good friend Lee Corso may say, right? They get a new head coach, and this guy's coming in being like, wait a second, I don't know if I want to be tied to the hip with Haskins. He's already in what we think is the uh, theme of the offseason, used previous relationships and familiarity and got his old backup, Kyle Allen. I think Kyle Allen has a chance to compete in our nation's capital with Dwayne Haskins, but this idea that uh, he could go ahead and, you know, kind of do like the old shell game, right, and bait and switch and still try and go get his quarterback, I think is interesting. But ultimately, I don't think, Jared, that the Washington football team will draft to attack Valoa. And the reason why is because Chase Young will be sitting in their lap. And we can talk about that a little bit later on in the show. I just think that is too much of a perfect match, okay? So I personally think, you know, if you connect the dots, Burrow and Cincinnati, and then Young to Washington, then I think these teams on the board become very interesting. And we've talked about, you know, value, right, Jared? And I see Miami at minus 150. I don't know that that represents value. I see the Chargers at plus 195. I don't know that that represents value. What I think is going to happen is either a quote-unquote mystery team is going to trade up and hop Miami, hop the Chargers in order to do that, or you mentioned it, I find at 16-1, to 1, the Detroit Lions very, very interesting. Matthew Stafford, there has been buzz and rumors, not only this year, but in the last couple of years, about, you know, Matthew Stafford's back. Unfortunately, for those who don't know, his wife went through uh, dramatic health challenges in the last couple of years. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about Breeze and Brady and Big Ben and, you know, some of these guys. Matthew Stafford is also... You know, on the back nine on his career, we say it all the time, Jared. You do these things a year early as opposed to a year late. Quarterbacks fall off the cliff sometime. And when will the Detroit Lions have potentially a chance to draft a quarterback who's as blue chip as Tua that everyone seems to love? I think at 16-1, to that represents value for me in this market because I can't identify right now that mystery team. I agree. I think actually, I think both the Redskins and the Lions are both good, 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 good bets here. Mm. Uh, I, I, I do. I mean, yeah, because I, I think if you're gonna, because that gives you the option where now you hold the cards for the second and third pick, right? And you basically have two cracks because you can bet plus three forty, plus sixteen hundred, and you can balance those bets to where you kind of make the same amount regardless of which wins. So you bet more on the plus three forty than you do on the plus 1600 and you probably can get it to where you make you know a few a three or four units of profit on on, right. on a one unit bet you know you have to allocate it properly but then you have two cracks at a team saying no two is our guy right. and maybe one of, we don't know we really don't know we can speculate and we read reports and we think what we think we have no idea and if anything these teams want us to think the opposite so if anything what you hear you need to flip it and, and reverse it. So you just mentioned a situation where it happened. So there's precedent of this very recently where an incoming head coach decided that this is not my quarterback. He was drafted in the first round, not under my regime. I'm talking about the Redskins. I'm talking about Dwayne Askins, and I'm talking about Ron Rivera. It happened with the Cardinals, with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and Josh Rosen just two years ago. Well, the two years ago, they drafted Rosen. One year ago, they drafted Murray. It happened, yeah. So there's precedent for it. The Lions are a bit of a different situation. Stafford and Patricia have been in place together for a few seasons now. Maybe Patricia feels like he needs to save his job, so he's going to make a push to get a new quarterback. But he's also a defensive-minded head coach. We don't know how much input he has with drafting a quarterback. So I would say the Redskins, you know, I think they're they're the bet here. 
uh, at plus 340. And I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here, Dan. And I know I've been preaching two is not going to be the second pick for the last couple weeks. Uh-oh. I'm starting to I'm starting to change my tune a little bit. I'm thinking more there's a chance now that the Redskins are the surprise team on draft night and they take their guy at number two. And I think that guy could be two attacked by Loam. That's very interesting, Jared. First off, I got to say, I think you're channeling your inner Missy Elliott. You talked about <laughs> flipping it and reversing it. <laughs> it's very interesting. But here's the other thing, Jared. Okay, I know you think why. Well, I refuse to believe this, Jared. I really think they are all about Chase Young, okay, and that it is the obvious call. And sometimes... It is the obvious call, right? <laughs> Check this out. Let me pose something. I, I have two other questions for you as we continue here on In Game 5 to talk about the prospects of Tua and the NFL draft on SportsGrid. You know, sometimes the things that are so obvious turn out happening, right? <laughs> and I think Washington and Chase Young is obvious, and it'll happen. But, Jared, at 21-1 to 1 are the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, my goodness gracious. Thing that has supposed to have been so obvious was that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to take Ohio kid Joe Burrow. They, they, they like, named a, a, a street after him out there, right? He's donating to schools already in the area. Like, everyone wants to connect the dots and have the old boy return home and make good. However, 12 months ago, nobody knew who Joe Burrow was, Gary. <laughs> Yet everybody was still hashtag tanking for Tua. I want to ask you, and, you know, we talk about value, right? So I'm not saying it's a 100% chance. Listen to the way I frame this question, Jared. The odds for the Cincinnati Bengals right now are 21 to 1 to be the team that drafts Tua Tagovailoa. What percent chance do you have to think in your head that the Bengals might draft Tua number one in order to go ahead and Make that bet at 21 to 1. Like, if I told you there was a 10% chance the Bengals would do that, is it worth it at 21 to 1? I'm looking up right now. I need, there's a calculator right. that, that I need to pull up because I don't want to, I, 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 I don't want to not do it. But you so, know, what I mean, right? Like, at 21 to 1, you're talking about Washington and we talk about surprise teams and we're talking about the, we're talking about the long-term future of Matthew Stafford, right? And so I really wonder, though, Jared, why, if we're able to kind of, you know, put all those things in the realm of possibility, and we talk about value, I think at 21 to 1, it's worth it, the realm of possibility, that the biggest smokescreen of them all was the Cincinnati Bengals, and Zach Taylor, the second-year head coach, is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I right. We're going to do our math right now. We're going to do our math right now, Dan. So here we go. So this is, and again, this is not for everyone. This is advanced level math stuff. And even for me, I get a little confused about it too sometimes. I have to dumb it down even for me. So at a 21 to 1 bet, the implied probability of that happening is a 4.55%. Right, because 20 to 1 is 5%. Exactly. That's so. So if you in your mind think it's a 10% chance, then yes, you're getting 200% of value basically on a 4.5% implied odds bet. That's right. So yes, it is a it is a good bet to make if you are beating the implied if you so when when we talk about like plus EV, I know that's something that's thrown around a lot uh, in the analytics world. Plus EV to means one fraction of a tenth of a percent more than what the implied are than what the implied odds are. So if you are if you think there's a 4.56% chance of it happening, you are getting plus EV on your bet. And it's a good bet and you should make it because in the long run of multiple, you know, bets, you know, thousands, thousands of bets, you will come out on top. And that's obviously the goal in, in, in gambling is to come out on top. So, yeah, you're getting a lot of plus EV for that bet. But the hard part is calculating what the actual, you know, odds are of it. 10% is a very arbitrary number. I don't know how we how we how we land on that. It, it, I, I would say the Bengals to me, yeah, no, I could see the Chargers trading up to one. I, I absolutely could see it. But then the Bengals wouldn't be in the two spot to get Tua. Theoretically, the Chargers would be trading up and the and the Bengals would drop to six. No, Jared. So, no, Jared. I'm talking about no trades necessary. 
the Cincinnati Bengals at number one. Just take two straight up. And the smoke screen wow. that we wanted Burrow the entire time. Wow. Maybe the IG video is enough for Cincinnati. And let's round it off, right? Um, if it were 20 to 1, not 21 to 1, I would know that's 5%. 20 times 5 equals 100, right? So to round it off, in essence, what we're talking about is do you think there is a greater than 5% chance that the Cincinnati Bengals have been playing the NFL for fools in the lead-up to the draft? We'll talk about this and what it means for other top draft picks when we come back on the other side of the break. It's in-game live right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Jared giving you the edge. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. Welcome back here on In Game Live, giving you the edge you need right here on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith staying at home but making it happen. We've been talking about college football, different proposals for the future. What will the next season of college football look like? And some of what happened in last college football season. Jared, you know, I'm reminded, you talked about the Iron Bowl. One of the games that I remember, and, you know, the idea of you betting it with Ariel and kind of her dipping her toe in the water. One of the things I have really done a lot more as a sports investor over the course of the last six months is betting in-game live the name of this show and let me tell you something one of the best opportunities i can remember over the course of the last four or five months was the big 10 championship game that happened last year with ohio state and wisconsin let me tell you something i thought ohio state was the best team in the country 
all right, going into, in about, you know, after Thanksgiving, okay? I was ready to cast my lot with Ohio State for the roof. So you damn sure I thought they were going to win the Big Ten championship. I wasn't trying to lay the two touchdowns, though, Jared. And we say this all the time, theoretically, as we teach people to fish. There are always opportunities in the live market, right, when the underdog goes up early. I don't care if that is the Baltimore Orioles, the New York Knicks, or in this case, it was the Wisconsin Badgers. They were up on Ohio State, a big Jonathan Taylor run. They were up 21 to 7 at halftime. And I was like, you know what? I still think the Buckeyes are going to win this game, Jared. And so I did. I bet that live market. They did come back to win. And, you know, that is a cautionary tale. And again, Jared, what we talk about in terms of strategy and game theory, right? Especially in the live markets, we love it when the underdog goes up early. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because we look at some of these teams and Ohio State obviously was a big favorite in that game against Wisconsin. And we, you know, it, it's just like it, it's just like any other any, any other marketplace that you would see, especially in finance. We're seeing, you know, the volatility in the stock market every day. And when things are, when, when stocks sell off, you buy low. And when stocks get up, you sell high. And, and a team like Wisconsin that was heavily under, I'm trying to pull up, um, how much I, I want to say they were 10 point underdogs in that game. Hold on, I'm about to pull it. They were 16, 16 yeah. and a half point underdogs in that game. I remember it being over two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, 16 and a half point underdogs in that game. Uh, and they were up 21 7 at the half. So that is a 30 point discrepancy from what the spread should. Yeah, so they ended up winning by 13. The Buckeyes did. Uh, they almost covered the spread, they, they almost ended up covering the spread. Yeah. But at one point, I don't think Ohio State flipped to an underdog, but they were like a pick 'em basically at some point. I I, I actually uh, I, I would have to look through the bet graph uh, to see at its lowest exactly yeah exactly what what the lowest point was. But that was the per and you know it, it's not a it's it, it's not an individualistic experience. It happens every single week in college football, and that's why in game live is a thing. And it you know it brings me back to better times when uh, we were. Uh, doing in-game live in a much more aggressive state than we are now, meaning the scores were coming fast and furious, and you're trying to keep your head above it. And that kind of brings me to, like, a bro like, like to me, in-game live is, like, the future of what we're doing now. So we're delivering this content to you every day. We're trying to give you good picks. We're breaking down the games. We're breaking down the matchups. We're breaking down the markets. But the ability to react instantaneously to what you're seeing and to be able to comprehend that into what you're seeing in the odds, you know, fluctuations, that is like advanced level stuff. I am, it's very, it's difficult. It's challenging. I love doing it. It's fun. It's exhilarating, but it's, I think the future of what this business is going to become, at least I, I hope, because I think we have uh, figured out a knack to do it. And yeah, no, that was one of those games where if you were playing it the way that we've kind of been preaching it over the last few months, that's right. uh, you made a lot of money. Yep, absolutely. And listen, you know, Jared, I do think I agree with you. That is, in fact, the future. I mean, I'm even hearing, you know, out there in Jersey already up to 40, 50 percent of their overall handle is in the live market. OK. And, you know, we talk about trends. We talk about things that we're, you know, having an analysis on to try to make a bet before the game starts. I think the best thing to know where to make a bet is forget about the trends of what was happening like three weeks ago or on full moons on Thursdays or against this pitcher. Look at what's happened in the first quarter. That'll give you what you want for the rest of the game. We talk about watching the tape. That is part of it in game live. And that's why we are here on Sports Grid, always trying to give you the edge. Jared, I always thought I thought about that Ohio State game as a team that made the playoff, as a team that was one of the favorites to win the college football championship last year. We talked you know, recently about Tua and where he may go on the draft board. Ohio State, and at least that Ohio State defense, was anchored by a man who many people believe is the best prospect if you take away positional value. You know, overall, in the entire draft, and I'm talking about Chase Young, the defensive edge rusher. Jared, you know, this is a long line of Buckeye pass rushers. I remember all the way back to the bust that was Vernon Golson for the New York Jets years back, right? But between both of the Boza brothers and now Chase Young, people who have seen all three actually think Chase Young will be better in the NFL 
than Nick or Joey Boza. And if that is the case, Jared, sign me up. He's worth a top five pick. And Chase Young's a freak. When you see him, you know, I remember several team pictures and, and pregame shots of Chase going out with the captains for the coin toss. Right. And it's like there's three guys that look like normal average college football player size, and then it's like I Chase Young. It's like Derrick Henry. <laughs> it's it's oh, it's almost it's almost godlike, and right. he is a freak. And we've seen it with Jadavion Clowney. We've seen other defensive tackles. J.J. Watt has that kind of body type, too, where it's just an imposing figure. And, yes, he is the dream defensive rush end, the Reggie White, the, the you know, the, the, that type of player. Uh, and I think he could be a generational talent. I think the odds are certainly saying uh, from the scouting reports that we're reading and everything that we're seeing that he has the potential, the physical tools uh, to be that talent. Now the question is, what team does he go to and how does he fit into their scheme? Uh, Ron Rivera is a great defensive coach. So is Matt Patricia. I, I think it'll be one of those two teams, either Redskins or Lions, uh, that will have his services. The Lions aren't a bad pick here at, at plus 270. I mean, again, we talked about this scenario playing out with Tua. If the Redskins decide that Tua is their guy and they take Tua at two, well, then the Lions at three will be forced, regardless of what trade offers they're getting, will be forced to draft Chase Young at three. The value to get the best player on the board with the third overall pick, too much probably. So if this kind of crazy scenario plays out where Tua does end up going second overall to the Redskins, I could see Chase Young going to the Lions at plus 270. That's a good price for him. Okay, so here's the thing. I got to ask you because, you know, you were just talking about how great Chase Young is. You mentioned the name Reggie White, Jared. I mean, so so if you are even comfortable uttering those words and making that kind of comparison, why would the Washington football team do anything else but go that direction? It, well, the, the, the answer is because they're not sold a quarterback. And the answer is because Ron Rivera doesn't think Dwayne Haskins is his guy. And besides that, the only other quarterback on the roster is Kyle Allen. Right. So, you know, and, you know, I know Alex Smith is there, too, but, I mean, I, we, like, we can't take him seriously as a, as a long-term starting quarterback option for the Washington Redskins. I mean, I love, I love Alex Smith, but, but that's just not uh, where he is at at this stage of his career. So if Ron Rivera comes in and wants to establish himself as and, – and from all we've heard between him and, and you know, the talks with Bruce Allen uh, and Daniel Snyder, Ron's going to have a big say in kind of the operational, you know, you know, developments uh, of this franchise. And, and, you know, he's a coach that's not a new head coach. He's taken a team to the Super Bowl. He's had a lot of success. He's going to want to have a say in who, the, who his starting quarterback is. And if he doesn't feel that Haskins is a guy who can be the future, and again, we talked about the previous uh, scenario of there is precedent of a new head coach coming in and deciding to, you know, push to the side a first-round pick from one year ago. Right. Who was drafted in the same kind of spot, you know, mid first round, not a number one pick. So I certainly think it's plausible. And I certainly think Tua, based on everything I've heard and based on what the odds are telling me, are cl is climbing a little bit in the, in the draft board. So I think there's a chance that Tua does get taken second. Uh, I've seen a couple of interesting mock drafts that have him going two to the Redskins. And at that point, if you're Matt Patricia, you got to take Chase Young. All right, so let me ask you something, purely for clarification, okay? Because you pointed out on some of these other futures markets, for example, the uh, like the Cam Newton week one team, you're the person who pointed out that's week one. That doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, just on the roster, not necessarily starting. It could be a baton pass situation. Going into the details and the wording here, I want to ask you something. Uh, the way FanDuel phrases this is team to draft Chase Young. Team to draft Tua Tagovailoa in the NBA, Jared. Teams draft the player, and then later on on draft night, they trade the rights to those players. It happens all the time. Recently, it happened with two studs, Trey Young and Luka Doncic, got traded for each other after teams, you know, uh, drafted. Right. So. Is it possible in the NFL? Because the NFL is a little bit different. Is it possible for a team to draft Tua, draft Chase Young, draft uh, Akuda, and then trade the rights to him later on on the same night? Or does the NFL not really do business that way? 
Yeah, I mean, I think they 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 could. I have seen, you know, and we've seen it in the past. You know, the Eli Manning thing is the most uh, specific okay. example that comes to mind, where Eli got drafted by the Chargers and and said yeah. no, uh, and, and then all of a sudden he was with the Giants a, a few days later. Um, so I, I think that you know there's precedent for that as well. I, I think in this case, and again, I can only react and explain how I analyze what I'm seeing in the markets. And what I'm seeing in the marketplace right now is a bit of a fluctuation where they think Tua and Herbert are going to be taken. And right now I'm seeing Herbert more stacked towards going to the Dolphins, and I'm seeing Tua more stacked as being taken second overall. Those are the two movements that I'm seeing. I'm seeing money, exposure, risk to the books on Tua being the number two pick and a little bit of exposure to the books on Justin Herbert being on the Dolphins. So right now, if I had to follow the money, those are the two kind of rumors or maybe smoke screens that could be developing. They very much could be smoke screens because we're seeing news. So people are reacting to that news and they're betting those things and it's forcing the odds to move. Sometimes it's not always sharp. We, it, we, it's very hard to determine what is a sharp move and what is a public move in the NFL draft odds. All we can do is kind of decipher what we're seeing in the marketplace. Right now, we are starting to see Tua Tagovailoa kind of emerge as a candidate to be the number two pick, whether it's to the Redskins or whether it's to a team that trades up. But it looks like a team is thinking about getting aggressive in the market to try to move up 2-2 and block any other team, potentially the Dolphins, from taking Tua. Yeah, so let me ask you this. And, you know, we've been doing it, you know, uh, over the last couple of weeks together, looking at the lines, finding inefficiencies, or trying to read the tea leaves, as it were, right? So let me ask you this, because we've talked about the Tua Tagovailoa draft position uh, at two and a half, right? The over-under. The Chase Young draft position, Jared, is also two and a half. But there is dramatically different juice on these things. So I want to tell you kind of what these look like. And as our final comments here in hour number one of In Game Live, what do these things mean to you? Because I do still assume, even though what I said before, that Joe Burrow is one of the two in the top two, right? So that means only Tua or Chase will be a top two pick. And so for Tua, the, the, the line is two and a half, but over two and a half is minus 430, Jared. And for Chase Young, the over two and a half is plus 330. So to me, after everything you're saying, that still says to me, Washington with the number two pick in the draft selects Ohio State defensive lineman Chase Young, right? That's what this bet says. Then there's another section of it that uh-huh. says team to draft Herbert, uh-huh. team to draft Young. Yeah. That to me, and and we this is what we and, and this is where I'll I'll pivot it back because you're right that bet which we've talked about before leads you to believe that two is going to be draft and if anything I think the I think you've got to take uh, the under on that now because you know plus three hundred is getting to be a crazy price, uh, but the team to draft Justin Herbert is where I'm I'm I, I get tripped up with this marketplace a little bit maybe it's the marketplace playing tricks on us maybe it could be Fanduel so it, think- to me the Dolphins being to me, the Dolphins being the favorite to draft Justin Herbert confuses me okay. because the Dolphins are the second team in chronological order. Bengals expecting to take a quarterback, if and then you've got the Dolphins expecting to take a quarterback. No so you would think Herbert, who's going to be the third quarterback off the board, would be favored to be taken by the Chargers, who are the third quarterback in that kind of slot, in that kind of group to pick. However... The odds are kind of flipped, and that's why I think the Chargers are, are, are thinking of making a move here, and I think that there is a little bit of, you know, circulation rumor-wise that the Chargers are going to make a move, and it has impacted the odds a little bit because, for some reason, FanDuel thinks the Dolphins are not going to get to them. That's interesting. I mean, but at the same time, the Miami Dolphins are the favorite to draft Tua Tagovailoa as well at minus 150. So maybe all they're really saying, Jared, is the one thing we know for damn sure is Miami is coming out of their first pick going to get a quarterback. I think what you're talking about in terms of Justin Herbert are very interesting. We'll talk more about that on the other side of the break in hour two of in-game live, Dane and Jared giving you the edge you need here on Sports Grid. Jared, the last thing I'll ask you in this section, though, right now, the team to draft Chase Young, this is what we talked about. The Washington football team is minus 430. I think this is obvious. Should I lay that juice? 
I, I, you know, I, I, I want to say yes, but again, I've read a couple of reports over the last few days that are starting to point me in the direction that Ron Rivera might be going rogue here. Riverboat Ron. And he might say, I don't trust Dwayne. Tua is the stud of the future. We've been tanking for this guy. Teams have been tanking for this guy for years. He's there at two. You know, I, I we've seen this. So the quarterbacks are king in these drafts. So I, I'm going Redskins, two are going to grab one of these quarterbacks. I think it's going to be Tua. And that means I think Chase Young is going to be there with the third overall pick. All right. And my conspiracy theory, if you remember here, is that he will not be available at number two for the Washington football team. A lot of theories. We got another hour to talk about them. We shine a light on the Ducks quarterback and some of the other top picks. Where might they go? It's Dane and Jared on in-game live. If you want this kind of edge, there's only one place. You got to get on the grid. It's sportsgrid.com. Come on back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 